Hey guys, welcome back to It's a Theater Things recap of Fosse Verdon. It's great to have you guys back. We are on episode six called All I Care About is Love, and we've got a lot to say about it. I'm joined today by Aaron Carl. Hey, Aaron. Well, hello there. Hey. So before we start getting into the recap, I have to say I was pretty excited to see a couple more Broadway vets featured in the show. That was pretty cool. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's it's wonderful to see them talk about legends and become legends. Right. <laughs> in, in the um, live tweet party hosted at Lynn's Place, today was uh, Jonathan Groff and Laura Benetti and Q, who he wrote In the Heights with. Oh, cool. Cool. And so she was just sitting there in stunned amazement watching actors talk about actors being actors. Oh, interesting. And so she, yeah, she said it was very, very uh, mind-twisting, you know, to see them talk about, like, oh, my God, I saw her in this, and now Mm -hmm. she's playing this character who is really a real-life person who I also saw on stage doing this. Mm -hmm. That's (laughs) pretty cool. (laughs) Yeah. Well, why don't we get started? So the show opens, and Bob is editing the film Lenny. And the cool thing is we see Brandon Uranowitz as Dustin Hoffman. Mm-hmm. So that it's always it's always cool to spot those people. And then we cut to a title card, New York, 1974, 17 months since Bob's last award. Yes. They're, they're giving him the Gwen treatment from episode one. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mark, marking down his countdown since, since he got his slew of awards for all the amazing productions he had in 73. Right. I love that scene just for the line where Bob complains about, I should have just played Lenny. Yeah, that was, you know, I kind of felt like, wow, that's a lot of conceit going on there. Right, Right, the ego on him. Yes. But yet at the same time, it's like, that was kind of his creative purpose. We learned that a while back when uh, Joan was talking to Gwen, you know, she said, it's basically like he wants to be you. Yeah, well, you know, his original goal was to be the next Fred Astaire, and that never happened for him. So I'm sure he always felt like there was a part of him that should have been up on that stage instead of behind the scenes. So anyway, we see Gwen arriving at the editing booth, and she is bringing all this artwork along. And I'm assuming the guys with her were producers. I didn't... That wasn't super clear to me, but yeah, they never they, said who they yeah, were. Yeah, didn't give names or anything, so. Yeah, so she's pulling out the artwork, and Bob is just trying to get his work done. He, he can't really be bothered with it. I, that was another really, really cool scene. They literally had, like, five things going on at the same time. The phone was ringing, talking about this production, and what the film was doing. The editor was trying to show him clips. Gwen was throwing artwork in his face. And he flashes to where he's Lenny. He's the stand-up comedian. Mm-hmm. And just talking about how this is connected to his life. You know, like, just, oh, my God, I can't believe people need me for all this stuff. I'm so important. And then he just, like, snaps out of it and immediately just tells everybody what to do. 
Yeah. And, you know, it's interesting during that little fantasy scene, that's when we find out that Gwen has basically like ultimate control over the show. It's written in her contract. She gets final approval on everything. Yeah, yeah. In a few scenes coming down, her and Ron are in the kitchen and he tells her, you know, hey, if anything happens, nail your contract up to the wall because you have final say. Right. So also during this segment, we see sort of the frenetic pace that Bob is living. I mean, he's editing, he's trying to deal with the show, he's try- he's popping pills, he's cheating on Anne, <laughs> which we see that he's hooking up with the editing assistant. Um, yep. Yeah. And he's just going and going and going and going. So we know those of us who know about the history of Bob Fosse know what's coming down Pike. But now I understand why this happened to him because he just was nonstop. Yeah, he's literally working himself to death right now. Right. So then we cut to the apartment and Nicole, all of a sudden, she's a teenager. Yeah, yeah. They they did one of those, okay, child actor goes to the bedroom, uh, teenage actor comes out situations. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and she's cooking and Gwen is kind of helping her out. And then Ron appears. And this is the first time I really feel like you see some hostility from Ron towards Bob because he's kind of like well you know if he gives you a hard time you tell him where to go oh wait he may like that yeah yeah I love that um, this was full of amazing one-liners this episode so yeah it's I agree yeah Ron you know kind of was stating his feelings you know and and really just for the first time kind of like okay this is Bob is a force to be reckoned with. I'm, I'm understanding now. Yes. And, you know, if you notice from, like, the last couple episodes when they had Ron interact with Bob, Ron is always kind of like, oh, Mr. Fosse, you know, very deferential and very respectful and did not seem like he really had any hostility towards him. And this is now we're seeing that I guess Ron has kind of got Bob's number. And he's kind of like, okay, I'm over this, you know. (laughs) Mm -hmm. The hero worship is gone. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, he he realizes, okay, this is what I have to do. Like, I have to stand up for myself a little bit here. Right. Oh, I was going to say, also during the scene, we find out that the next day is the very first rehearsal for Chicago. Yes. Yeah, I was was just going to say Ron is just super supportive of Gwen in that situation. He comes up, gives her a hug and says how amazing it's going to be. Fans are going to be lined around the corner. And then uh, we see her kind of warming up a little bit in a rehearsal room and we get the title card. Chicago rehearsal day one. Right. And Gwen is there well before Bob shows up. And when he walks in, he mentions he had been stuck in the editing room. And as usual, he feels the same way with every project he does. He thinks the movie is going to be bad. Yeah. And I I forget the exact date, but he's like, it's due out in theaters in two weeks and I don't have the final cut yet. Yeah. So, I mean, I can understand why he's, you know, really concerned about it, but it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be a bad movie. Exactly. And that's kind of what Gwen is. She's trying to talk him down. He's putting on his shoes. He's getting back into, you know, like dancing mode. And she's just there talking in nice, calm tones about like, okay, 
it's going to be fine. Now we have to worry about this. Right. And did you notice as they're talking, I mean, he's got his pills, he's got his bottle of tab, and he's got a chocolate bar. So I'm guessing that's pretty much the way he had been living for how many weeks he had been working on the movie and the show at the same time. Oh, yeah, I'm sure it was vending machine dinners and yeah, uppers and downers as needed. Yes. So then we see, actually, I was very excited about this. And I I'm terrible about this actress's name. Uh, I always butcher her name. I believe her her name is pronounced Bianca Mariquin. She is playing Cheetah Rivera, and they're rehearsing all that jazz. I have actually seen her in Chicago a number of times, and she's amazing. Yeah, I have. No, I haven't seen her live, but I have heard she's stunning, and it's amazing to see her take on such an iconic character. At, again, not character person as. Yeah. Cheetah. Yeah, I kind of wonder how Cheetah feels, you know, watching someone portray her on TV. It must be a little weird. <laughs> right. So I mentioned last recap that Seth, how do you say his last name? Seth, Seth Rudusky. Rudus- yeah, Seth Rudusky. He was in the live party with Lynn and he tweeted at Cheetah like, hey, what happened when at the rehearsal and where did you go after Bob? you know, got sick and went to the hospital. And she replied, oh, we went shopping at Bloomingdale's. Ah, (laughs) well, you know, what do you do if you, you know, you don't have to go to work, you go shopping. Um, (laughs) So we also noticed Bob has a really bad cough. And eventually it gets so bad that he leaves the room and, Someone follows him. I assume this is an assistant. And Bob tells him, make an appointment for me for the doctor. You know, he knows. He knows in his heart something's not right. Right. He, he's not the type of person that's just going to go to the doctor for a little cough, for right. anything but, okay, I'm probably dying. Right. And then he, you know, we get these flashbacks of him and he's talking about, and I guess the, the stand-up segment as well, talking about uh, the importance of pressure to succeed and how you need that pressure in order to succeed. And I get the feeling, we'll talk about it a little later on because we see his parents in later flashbacks. I get the feeling that was a self-imposed pressure. I don't get the feeling that's a pressure that his parents put on him. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think maybe at the beginning they were like, oh, this will be really good. Mm-hmm. And then he took that that little inch and made it a mile like, I have to be a professional dancer. I have to make all this money for my family. Right. So then we cut to Bob in the hospital. He had gone to see the doctor and the doctor said, we think you're having a cardiac event. We're sending you to the hospital. And Gwen shows up and then they start arguing because you know, Bob is not telling the doctor everything that he's taking. He just says, oh, I'm taking, I, I forget the name of the drug, but he was like, I'm taking this for epilepsy and, you know, I'm taking all these really minor things and smoking once in a while. And Gwen is like, no, no, no. <laughs> like, listen here. This is, I, I have the part of the list. Like, here we go. Right. And, and just like, calls him out in the middle of the ER. Yes. And she's just like, you're taking Sacanol, you're taking Dextadri, you know, and, and, and as they're arguing, you hear the beeping, the beeping, and the doctor's like, Mr. 
Mr. Fossey, you're having a heart attack. (laughs) Perfect bedside manners, because that's how you have to, I mean, if somebody's having a heart attack, calm. Yes. Yeah. Because you stressing out is not going to make it any better. And he just calls for other doctors. He makes Bob lay down. He gets Gwen away. Yeah. Yes. So then we see Gwen in the hallway and Anne shows up and she's kind of like, where have you been? <laughs> you know, been trying yeah. to, trying to uh, wanting you to come down here. And she explains that she was held up by the subway. And it's really obvious that Gwen is not going to let Anne have the lead in this. This is her husband. She's going to be controlling this situation. Mm-hmm. And she basically yeah. tells Anne, well, why don't you leave? There's nothing you can do. You know. it, yeah, that was a very, very powerful scene because, yeah, Anne's like, okay, here, you know, the guy I love is laying in the hospital bed dying. And Gwen's just like, I got this. She can go home. Go pick up Nicole in the morning. Right. Yes. So then we cut back to Bob and he's starting to remember like all the seedy clubs that he came up in when he was starting out as a kid. And, you know, I can imagine that's probably a little scary for a 13 year old. Right. Yeah. That could not have been something that he was looking forward to. I mean, the dancing, yes. But like once he actually got into the situation, that had to be shocking. Yeah. I mean, he definitely wasn't used to middle-aged strippers and people drinking and smoking all around him. And, you know, I think his mother truly thought like she was doing a good thing for him, that he was going to be a professional dancer and this was going to be awesome for him. I'm mm-hmm. sure had she actually seen where he was working, maybe she wouldn't have allowed that. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, she must not have known. Or if she yeah. did, that's a whole different situation. Yes, yes. So back in the hospital, Bob is, you know, in his hospital bed. Unfortunately, there's someone in the next bed who's basically crying out, obviously very ill, and it's really disturbing Bob. And he, and Bob wants to make a phone call. Basically, he wants to work. And Gwen just won't let him. Yeah, Gwen, Gwen locks that down, shuts that down, and is just like, no, you're resting. And he just keeps saying, I can't rest with this guy screaming next to me. Mm-hmm. And in walks a doctor. <laughs> yeah. Not Bob's doctor, but a doctor who heard that some celebrity, you know, that Bob was in the hospital. Mm-hmm. Well, at first he just says, oh, me and my wife are huge Broadway fans. So Gwen kind of perks up and's like, oh, they must want my autograph. Yeah. And then he kind of goes like, oh, but I really want Bob's autograph. Right. He doesn't recognize Gwen, which, yeah. you know, but she takes that in stride. She uses that so perfectly. Again, going to the, she definitely has that dual personality of like sweet domestic and business savvy. Yeah. Because she just takes that doctor out to the hallway and goes, hi, I'm Gwen Verdon. And, oh, oh, yes, you are, of course. And she kind of brokers a deal to get Bob a private room. Right. Yeah. She's like, well, you know, we'd be happy to give you our autographs. And how would you like to see Pippin again? You can use Bob's house seats. Yeah. He won't be using them for a minute. Yes. So, yeah. So she gets him a private room, which is, you know, 
a whole lot better than being in a room with someone who's crying out. I'm sure that was mm-hmm. really disturbing. But the other thing that we learned before the doctor even comes into the room is that Bob does not want Anne to come to the hospital. He says he doesn't want her to see him like that. Yes, yes. He he told that to Gwen. He um you know, because Gwen was kind of talking about getting people to visit, you know, oh, everybody in the cast wants to come and say hi. And uh, he just is like, no, no. And I don't want Anne here. I don't want her to see me like this. Yeah. And it makes you wonder, was he thinking that he just wanted Gwen there because he feels this closeness to Gwen, which is very, the relationship's very different than the relationship he has with Anne? Or is it, oh my gosh, she's going to realize how much older I am <laughs> if she sees me like this? Which right, is, right. I think it's pretty much that, the latter, that he's thinking, oh my gosh, you know, this is really going to hit home how much older I am. Exactly. The age difference, the finality of death, like how sick he really is. Yeah. So then we cut back to the apartment where Gwen is signing playbills. I kind of loved that detail. That was really cool. (laughs) Yeah, they had the vintage playbills. And then yeah, she was signing Bob's name. Mm-hmm. And Ron is trying to convince Gwen that maybe she should get another director. And he feels like she's maybe a little scared that I guess the producers will take Chicago away from her. I'm really not sure how they could have done that, though, because I mean, other than maybe just withdrawing their money because she owned the rights. I mean, both she and Bob owned the rights. So I don't see how they could have taken the show from her. But maybe if someone out there knows the specifics of that, they can email us at theaterthing at gmail.com and let us know how something like that could have happened. So Ron is trying to convince her, you know, maybe it's time to get another director. And she is very staunch in her support of Bob. And she's like, no, this was our show. And it, and it has been our show. So that argument is off the table. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Yeah. She, again, is just very forceful when it's about her career. Mm-hmm. And again, yeah, it's it's I think it's that nervousness, maybe even going back to what Bob called her out on, you know, maybe you can't dance this part in two years. Yeah, because at one point, even Ron had mentions, you know, I know the part is written for a younger woman. Uh, it doesn't have to be, you know, he's trying to be very like, nice about it but he's acknowledging that she's probably a little older than what that part calls for yeah yeah so and again she's just being forceful and supporting bob and just like no this will work like all i have to do is just convince them to hold off until he can physically get back into the room right So next we cut back to the hospital and Bob and Gwen are talking about the show and to Gwen's credit, she's really trying to help all the kids in the cast. You know, she's calling up casting agents saying, if you have a short term job, hire these people. And if that doesn't work out, she even tells Bob she's willing to loan the show some money, her own personal money, and she'll just get paid back when the show's a big hit. And I'm, and the whole time I'm thinking, 
no, that's never a good idea. <laughs> Too much risk in theater. Like, right. you basically have to assume you will never see that money again. As they say in the producers, never put your own money into the show. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> so I kind of have a feeling that's going to be a bad move on her part. <laughs> yeah. And Bob kind of kind of shuts that down and is just like, no, that's a really bad idea. Like, it'll it'll work out. It'll work out. Yeah. yeah. And again, and then Bob is saying again, he's saying oh, they're going to take the show away from you. And she's just kind of like, no, that's not going to happen. And she's very confident about it. So I, I don't know. I don't like I said, I don't know how they could have done that. But during that conversation, we also find out that Bob has to have surgery. And I thought this was really telling. He wanted Gwen there when he woke up. Yeah, that was a, another powerful, like, very beautiful scene. He's just laying in the bed, holding Gwen's hand, and it's just like, you have to be there when I wake up. Yes. So now we cut back to another one of those stand-up scenes. I don't know about you. I didn't love those scenes. I, as they progressed, it got more and more hurtful and cutting I liked them at the beginning. I thought it was just like a fun joke, kind of like the um, title cards. Right, right. But yeah, as it as it progressed and as we found out more and more, like actually like this particular one where he flashes back and talks about how he used to work at the burlesque clubs until 1 a.m. Mm-hmm. And how lucky is that? You know, like what do you call a 13-year-old boy who uh, has – middle-aged strippers throwing at him luckiest boy in the world right yeah and i understand why they use that device i mean they're tying it all into the film lenny and it's a good you know i guess it's a good way to introduce a flashback scene but i just i don't know it just didn't work for me and i would have rather have just seen the flashbacks without the little stand-up routine before because they've they've done the flashbacks before like they've literally done the flashbacks with this young bobby yes so it it was it was a little shocking you know like a little jolting to just have that be the new flash yes so another interesting thing though about those flashbacks is we see more of bob's father who really just seems like kind of a jerk (laughs) yeah kid comes back after working all night gives him money yeah and they're like Oh, that's all you made tonight? Right. Yeah. And the mother, his mother is just kind of like making excuses. Oh, I thought there'd be more money. And, you know, his father is mocking him for wearing stage makeup. And I mean, really, mm-hmm. you know, being horrible, just being horrible. Or I won't even I'm not even going to repeat what he calls Bob, but it's it's just it, horrible. It, yeah, it's it's. Again, it kind of just shows why Bob is the way Bob is. It's the nature versus nurture, and he got neither. Right. So next we cut back to Gwen, and she's putting makeup on Nicole so she can look a little older because they weren't going to allow her into the hospital. Yeah, they had um, the rule, you know, no children in the hospital, which makes sense because kids get can have a cold and maybe it not be visible and, you know, then spread that. 
And it's maybe a little traumatizing, depending on what they're going to see. Right. And then we see them walking down the hall of the hospital, and Nicole's got her badass sunglasses on and a big old floppy hat, and and she's walking down the hall with Gwen, and those nurses take one look at them, and they know. They don't say anything, but they know that that's just a kid walking down right. the hall. And Gwen's just playing it off like, oh, this is one of his uh, protégés. Like, yeah, yeah. So, and you can tell it probably was a little too much for Nicole. She probably was too young to be in the hospital because she seems really scared. Right. She walks into the room and one of the first things she says to Bob is, you look like a machine. Yeah, because he's all hooked up with all sorts of tubes and he's got his oxygen and I'm sure that was really jarring for a kid that age. Right, yeah. uh, Another thing I I wanted to point out about Gwen putting makeup on Nicole and walking her through, she kind of kind of lets it slip she's like oh bob has enough young friends that you'll just blend right in yeah yeah and i'm not sure how nicole felt about that (laughs) right that was probably another thing like she kind of probably knows well she does because um as gwen and nicole are leaving she asks she's like so Anne is dad's girlfriend yeah yeah and and she seems really disturbed by the fact that Bob is with Anne and he's still married to her mother. <laughs> right. Yeah. She's trying to kind of wrapping her head around it. Like she's just getting to that age where she's noticing like, OK, it is weird that my father is not living at home, but he's living with another girl. And my mom has a boyfriend that's around a lot. Yeah. But, you know, Gwen... I. I mean, they obviously have a very unusual relationship. Most people at this point probably would have divorced and moved on. They are still married, which actually is to Gwen's benefit when she's trying to deal with stuff in the hospital because she's like, I'm his wife. Um, Right. Yeah. She can. Yeah. Just kind of strong arm and be like, "Okay, here we go. Yes. But. You can see that Nicole is really bothered by this. And Gwen says, well, this the, the thing is, the relationship I have with your father is very different than the relationship uh, he has with Anne. And she kind of, you know, makes it seem like the relationship that Bob has with her is much more important and much deeper than the relationship that Bob has with Anne. Yeah, yeah, kind of like Anne is the girlfriend, just the side, you know, for entertainment. Mm-hmm. And then, but he cares for and works for us. I felt so bad for Nicole at that point. I mean, my heart went out to her because I'm sure she liked Anne. I mean, we saw them at the beach house when Nicole is younger and she's playing with Anne on the beach and they seem to be getting along very well. But as she's getting older, she's starting to understand more. And I'm sure that it's really hurtful to her. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, hurtful and just plain confusing. Again, we need to continue our campaign of save the children, save Nicole, get (laughs) Nicole help. Yes, please, somebody help Nicole. I think she's doing quite well these days, but, you know. Yeah, back now, then. now she's, okay, yeah. she's talking about it. She's the executive producer of the show. So I'm yes. sure this is, all, this is all cool. Like, you can look back at your childhood and be like, 
Wow. <laughs> right. <laughs> so then we uh, see Bob thinking about his lovely father again and also his experience with the strippers and, you know, kind of talks about how confusing that is for him and how he at one point he's saying, well, it's scintillating, but it's also shameful. Right, yeah, the triangle of humiliation, confusion, and arousal. Yeah, and during this time, he's also, we see him with Anne, and they're in the hospital room, and he's basically telling Anne he thinks that the doctors messed him up. They, he thinks that they put his heart back in wrong, and they, he thinks that they've messed with his manhood. Yes, he is very, very concerned about that. <laughs> Yes, and a little too concerned four days after heart surgery. <laughs> exactly. And it's just like, hey, they told you not even to move until like two weeks after surgery. So just it's fine if you're not feeling 100% right now. Yes. And he just keeps pushing the situation. Yes. And he convinces Anne to hook up with him right there in the hospital room. And, mm. you know, obviously it doesn't go all that well in the end because he starts coughing and then we see Anne in the hallway and she's in she looks like she had been crying right yeah I think it just the whole situation seeing him so weak and then seeing him push himself and push her and push their relationship is probably a lot I mean she again she's a young woman this isn't like a tremendously long relationship that they've been in at this point probably a little over a year at this point maybe oh i got the impression it was longer than that actually i don't know i know they were together for quite a long time okay because well yeah because it would have been maybe two years at this point maybe at this point because because she was in pippin and so that's uh yeah so that would have been 72 i believe it could have been yeah i'd have to uh look that up (laughs) researching but yeah so again again, you know so it's been a minute but yeah it's again again she kind of is also always living in the shadow of gwen yes well i mean that's his wife i mean (laughs) exactly as she should until he divorces yeah right yeah and she's sitting in the hallway all alone and this very kind man comes over and he tells her he has an extra sandwich <laughs> that he offers to her. <laughs> like, you you need to eat, honey. <laughs> right. And she's like, no, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm okay. And when they talk, she refers to Bob as her husband. And I thought, I found that very jarring. <laughs> I was also like, oh, that's going to be, that's not good. Like, that's going to either cause confusion or, you know, that's going to get back to Gwen or that's going to get back to somebody in the hospital. Right. Oh, and guys, in reference to what we were just talking about in regard to Pippin, that show opened in 1972. So, yeah, you were right. It ran from 72 to 77. 72 to 77. So, yeah, so the relationship was right about two years, maybe a year and a half, depending on that. I know they he was hooking up with all the other Pippin girls first and yeah. then and then kind of worked his way with Anne. Yeah. Yeah. He he was never lacking for company. <laughs> nope. Yeah. 
So anyway, as I said, we see Anne sitting in that hallway, and that's the end of the episode. So now we get to see how he moves on from this heart attack and what happens with Chicago. And it should be an interesting, an interesting episode coming up. And guys, we only have two episodes left, so... I know, episode eight. Oh, so scary. I know. I know. We, well, we know, like I said before, we know what's going to happen. Um, <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Yes. But we can enjoy the ride until the end. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. So the next two episodes are just going to be jam packed with getting all this, the, the Chicago superstar started. You know, that phenomenon. And then, yeah, and then the ultimate untimely death of Bob Fosse. Right. So stick with us for the next two weeks because we're going to be recapping the end of the series. So, Aaron, thanks again for joining me. Well, thank you for having me. And thank you for joining us for another Fosse Verdon recap. We can always be found on the Onstage Blog Network on onstageblog.com, iTunes, and Spotify. If you'd like to communicate with us, you can email us at theaterthing at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook on the It's a Theater Thing page, and our Twitter handle is at theaterthing. So thanks so much, and we'll see you next week. Bye.